You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Who likes interruptions? Anyone? Anyone? Anyone like interruptions? Now, you OCD people, I'm a little bit of one of you. Uh, Someone diagnosed me as OCD with ADD. You know what that is? That means everything has to be perfect, but only for a little while. <laughs> and I think that, that is kind of me a little bit. I want it to be perfect, but then I kind of hand it off like, yeah, it ain't perfect anymore. I'm okay with that. But you know, when you're OCD, you really don't like interruptions because you've got it figured out how it's got to go. I think, you know, it's about two weeks ago that I, I have a to-do list every day. Okay, every work day kind of, not, not on Saturday. I don't really have a work list on Saturday, but... Uh, maybe my wife does for me, but I don't have a work day, uh, a, a, a to-do list on Saturday. But I have one every day. And about two weeks ago, I got so excited at the end of the day. Guess what? I cleared it for the first time in about three months. You know, just that one—not not my whole to-do list, but what I was supposed to do that day. And you know, and it just seems like there's always extra stuff that gets thrown in. There are interruptions and all that kind of stuff. And you know, interruptions are tough on some of us. And we—I don't think any of us like interruptions right? C.S. Lewis has a really cool take on this, I thought. He wrote this a long time ago. He said, the great thing, if one can, is to stop regarding all the unpleasant things as interruptions of one's own or real life. The truth is, of course, that what one calls the interruptions are precisely one's real life, the life God is sending one day by day. Did you ever think about that? <laughs> that, you know, if, if we could, this is a little existential, okay, for some of us, but if we could go off into the future and see our life and look back at it and say, you know, that's what it was supposed to have been all along. And so in reality, the interruptions weren't reality. The interruptions were our life. The thing that would be an interruption would be all those times that we had it figured out and we're going to do it this way and interruptions and like, no, but I got to go here. And we keep working so hard to keep going here, even though we've had these interruptions. And so in reality, you know, we need to, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about maybe embracing our interruptions. But I really hope I can help change your mind just a little bit today about interruptions. I, I, don't, I don't think any of us, maybe we'll get to the place that we embrace every interruption comes into our life, but I hope I can change your mind and let you see something, okay? I want to take you back about two, a little over 2,000 years ago to the greatest interruption that has happened in all of history, and that is the birth of Jesus Christ, okay? Uh, and Joseph and Mary, his parents, his two earthly parents, they, they were interrupted, okay? And uh, they, they, they had to learn, and they had to learn this, they had to learn that God is able to interrupt any program, no matter what your life's program is, whatever you've decided, God is able to interrupt any program that he wants to, okay? Let's go to some scripture. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about, okay? His mother Mary was pledged in marriage to Joseph, but, but, there's the interruption, right? His mother was pledged to be married to Joseph, But I can't think of anything more stressful than to have a wedding interrupted. You think about, you know, I I heard somebody say some time ago that, that, uh, you know, girls, ladies, you know, y'all been planning your weddings since you were 13, right? 
Now, for Mary, that was only a couple of years probably, okay? But still, she's been playing maybe since she was 13 or whatever. And, and, and you know, and I know they don't spend tens of thousands of dollars on this stuff that we spend. And some of y'all don't realize, that, yeah, that's what people are spending these days. I, I'm sorry to tell you that, guys. It's not going to get any better if you've got little girls, right? And we don't spend it, they don't spend it on that kind of stuff maybe, but they did spend a lot of money on their weddings. And so they planned this, and it was a big deal. And, and imagine, you know, it's, it's basically like, you know, having someone left at the altar that's a big deal this was a huge interruption and, and, and look what the interruption was but before they came together let's go ahead and say it before they had sex fully married and all that she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit okay uh, that wasn't their plan that wasn't the program you know it, the program was that okay we're gonna get engaged she's gonna be, get pregnant and then we're gonna get married that was not the program not in the day and age that they lived in and where it was unacceptable you know in a day that maybe some of you guys maybe remember or whatever that's not the way it was and so this was an interruption but they had to come to grips with this fact that God can interrupt anyone's program all right, let me, let me show you. This. I think there's two things there. And in Psalms chapter 33, um, verse 10 and 11, it uh, kind of lays that out a little bit here, that the Lord frustrates the plans of the nations, and he thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Okay, when, when I say God can interrupt anyone's program, I'm, sa I'm saying two things there. I'm saying, number one, if he is God, you know, and you may, you may not be a Christian, you may not feel like, you know, God is God, but if, if God is God, and come on, Christians, if, if you believe God is God, then he is sovereign, and it is his right to change any plan that he wants to change, to interrupt any program. If I'm a Christian and I believe God is God, then I have to accept the fact that he is sovereign, and he has sovereign right to change, to interrupt any program that I have tried to build for my own life. I've got to accept that. But secondly, it's not just that he's, he has that right. He has that ability as well. That he can stop men dead in their tracks. I mean, it says that, that his plans, his intentions can never be shaken. Because that is not just his right, but it's also his ability to do that. We'll come back to that a little later in this message because that may sound like bad news to some people, but that's really, really good news. But let me tell you this before we move on. It's one of the greatest things. Let me tell you one of the greatest things about interruptions is because they dispel the delusion of control. Now, have you ever heard, you've probably heard the term more, illusion of control. Illusion, you know, when, when we kind of think we're in control and we're not. That's what I had written in my notes. But uh, this past week, in the middle of the week sometime, I changed that from illusion to delusion, okay? And, and here's the difference. Here, here's the reason I did this, and here's the difference. Is an illusion is something that you see and you kind of misinterpret. You know, it may, it may be like a magic trick, you know? And it's an illusion, and you thought you saw this, but actually it was this. Or, or kind of like a, in, in a desert where there's, a, you know, a mirage. You think you see something, and it's not really there. That's what an illusion is. A delusion is finding out what the illusion is and still believing what you believed before. You know, it's, it's having no basis in reality. Believing something that has no basis in reality. That's what a delusion is. And listen, I think you and I are old enough to understand this, right? Is that we really aren't in control of stuff. 
And as soon as you think you are, just, just wait just a little bit, and you'll find out you're not in control. And I, I think sometimes that when you say that kind of thing, there'll be some people say, well, I, I remember this ruler did all that he wanted to do in this. No, no, look at the whole history and see where they ended up, and you'll see none of us are truly in control. And I think that's one of the great reasons that I think that I think it's a reason sometimes God sends us an interruption is to remind us that our program and our plan we're not in control we can devise and we can scheme but God thwarts our schemes and his will his plans his intentions are the ones that will continue okay so here's here's the next thing about Joseph and Mary all right is uh, they understood they came to learn that interruptions can be the most awesome thing in your life because what was their interruption about I mean, they weren't planning on, but they got pregnant, had a baby, right? And so that sounds like a good thing. Okay, I know there's some other stuff going on there. We'll get back to a little bit of that. But, but that's what it was. But it was so much more of that. There are bad interruptions, and there are good interruptions. You ever had a good interruption? Okay, most of us, we, we have think, wait, let me think. You have to think about those, right? A couple of weeks ago, I was down here at Jack's and uh, eating lunch with my grandson, who's 12, turned 13 yesterday. He was 12 a couple of weeks ago. And, um, and he, he's one that really interrupts. He's not paying attention to other people are talking. So he does that. I, I, and I don't like to be interrupted when I'm talking. You know, even if you've got an idea, I want you to hear my idea first. You know, hear me out if I'm talking, let me, you know. And so we're eating and I, I ordered a burger, it had two patties and I opened it up because they didn't put ketchup on this particular burger. That's the way they, they fix it. I said, no big deal. You know, I, they've got those little packets, you know, those little red packets that's got ketchup in them, right? And so I grabbed some of those, grabbed some extra ones because I was, I was getting fries also. So I opened it up between the, between the two patties, and, you know, and I'm talking to my, my uh, grandson, and I'm opening that pack, and, and, and then he interrupts me, you know, in the middle of me talking. Now, normally I'd really get upset when somebody does that, but... I didn't get upset with him because he interrupted me to ask a question and say, Pop, why are you putting strawberry jelly on your cheeseburger? <laughs> that was a good interruption, right? And I, I had already got a little bit on there, but because the patties were dry and between those two, I was able to wipe them up, put a little extra mustard on there, you know, so it hide any kind of sweetness. But that would have been a hard, you know, he could have been mean and just let me bite into that and taste that. It would have destroyed the whole cheeseburger. That was a good interruption. This was too, okay? What Mary and jo they they had not prayed, God, give us a child before we become a couple. But they had been praying. All of Israel had been praying for generations for what? A Messiah. And you know, here's, here's what you and I do. Maybe not as a rule with everybody, but a lot of us do. Is we ask God for these great, amazing, awesome things, and we treat them like, you know, well, God just kind of put that in my pocket, and we just go on, and we've got it. And we don't realize when God does a miracle in our lives, it changes stuff around us. It changes things about who we are and where we're going and what's going to happen next. It's not like just a Band-Aid that you put on something. I mean, that's the way, that's the way this was. Go ahead and bring that next slide up. It's when when uh, Joseph and Mary, what they had prayed for, what all of Israel had prayed for, what they so desperately needed was more than a Band-Aid. It would require not just a life-changing interruption, but a world-changing interruption. When the Messiah came, this was a world-changing changing interruption it wasn't a little thing and i think that's where sometimes we get all bent out of shape is because you know we get this interruption and we just think it's a nuisance and we don't realize no god has given us our miracle he's doing this thing for us that we prayed for and we've sought after and yeah it's an interruption but 
that's what we prayed for. And that's what we asked God for. Look, let me show you this right here, that, the next slide. This God's plan, sin and Jesus. God had a plan, right? And that plan was interrupted by sin. And so because God's plan has been interrupted by sin, now Jesus came, he had to interrupt sin's plan for this world. And you know what sin's plan was? As the program that sin has for us, depression, anxiety, illness, pandemic, hunger, trafficking, suicide, domestic violence, crime, war, racism, divorce, downsizing, inflation, natural disaster, a whole bunch of other things. We needed an interruption. Can I get an amen? Yeah, we needed an interruption. You know, we didn't need, you know, a, a little Band-Aid. We didn't need Jesus to kiss it and make our boo-boo better. I mean, we, we needed an interruption. And, you know, we haven't embraced all of this. So we still see a lot of this in our world today, don't we? Because we've not totally embraced all of this. But it's there. The interruption is there for every one of these things in our life. Let, let, me, let me show you something. What, what do these things have in common? Let me show you something right here. What do these things have in common? True love, a baby, a new job offer, a promotion, unexplained healing, hearing from an old friend, finding a gift card in last winter's coat pocket. Just uh, come on, let's just pray for a moment. God, make it so, make it so, right? And Jesus, specifically his birth. What do all those things have in common? Good interruptions unexpected things surprises and listen every interruption is not a great thing in our life but just about every great thing that happens in our life could be called an interruption in one way or the other think about it you know when uh, when you find true love most most times when people find true love it's like it's it's an exciting thing i didn't see that one coming I didn't know I would fall in love with them of that, right? Or when a baby happens. Now, sometimes you plan to have a baby, so sometimes it's not an interruption, but it is an interruption when the baby gets there, right? Can I, can I get an amen from some of the parents out here, right? I mean, it's an interruption. Everything changes about, you know, uh, you, know you, you just wish somebody would come over and let you just take a nap, right, for a little while. I mean, it's an interruption. Or like uh, new job offers. You know, you may have gone after it and you got that job offer, so it might not be like a totally surprising interruption, but a promotion? That's an interruption because it changes, you know, some of your, the things that you're responsible for. All, all these things. Just look at that. Think about this. Every good thing that happens in our life is normally something that's out of the norm. That's why we call it a good thing. I mean, if we get a miracle, the miracle means it's different than the norm, right? A supernatural something has happened in our life. So interruptions are not bad things. Interruptions can be great things if they are God's interruptions. Ah, okay. So here's where we go. Joseph and Mary also had to learn to accept, to embrace. They, they had to learn to accept and embrace uh, God's interruptions. I think, is that my next slide? I hope I hadn't skipped something. Yes, okay. Uh, they had to choose to accept God's plan in place of their own. All right, let me set the scripture up. So we read a few moments ago where, where, um, Joseph and Mary were not yet, they had not yet come together. They were not yet fully married. They were in this betrothal period. It's a little deeper than our engagement period here, you know, in our culture, but not quite fully married yet. And all of a sudden, you know, people start noticing 
looks like Mary's been spending too much time at that buffet bar, you know, and you know, it just looks like, and then people realize, wait a minute, something else is going on. I, we don't know how it happened, how people began to know, because Mary, you know, we hear this story is more about, more about Joseph and Matthew in the book of Matthew, but in the book of Luke, we hear the story of Mary and how Mary found this out. So it's possible that Mary went and told Matthew, I'm pregnant and I've not been with a man. It's from God. And what do you think Joseph might have thought? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And so the scripture says, the ones we've skipped from where we were at earlier to right here, the scripture says he thought about putting her away privately. He didn't want to embarrass her. He didn't want her to be embarrassed anyway. And, and, and she could have been stoned to death. I mean, there was, there was, that was the law back then. And so he didn't want that to happen. So he thought about putting her away privately, quietly, secretly. And then here's where we pick it up. But after Joseph had pondered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to embrace Mary as your wife, for the one conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are, you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And so now Joseph has a decision to make. God has interrupted his life. But just like in my grow group the other night, when somebody said something about, you know, about how, how God you know, was talking to, uh, uh, talking to Mary and, and my grow group. I mean, they were all over my sermon a little bit the other night. And I, I was just fighting the urge to just say so many things that were in my, in my mind because I, I've, I've got all this right here. And we were talking some about this. And, and, and I just kind of blurted out, well, God didn't ask Mary. You notice that? He, he didn't ask. He didn't say, hey, Joseph, y'all want to have a kid before you get married? And you want him to be the son of God? He didn't ask. But even though he didn't ask, they still had the opportunity to reject. Joseph could have heard this from the, from the dream, the angel, which was, again, another interruption in his life, interrupted his sleep. He could have heard this and said, uh, I'm not down with that. No, I'm not, not at all. No, uh, God, find somebody else to be the earthly father of that child. He could have done that. He, he could have gone ahead and put her away secretly, carefully, not to embarrass her. He could have done that. He had to make a choice. Every person whose life is interrupted by God has to make a choice. Now, God, God may bust in and break the doors down and with an angel and say, hey, you're going to have a baby. But it's still up to you to accept, to reject. You know, and, and throughout Scripture, we've got so many examples. Let me, let me run through a few of them with you, if I can. Abram. Okay, now Abram, he, he had a great life going. He was going to inherit a lot of land and stuff and, and herds and things from his, his father. And God said, nope, Abram, you're not going to inherit that here. I'm taking you somewhere else because I want you to be a father of my people. You're going to be the father of a great nation of people. And so it, he interrupted his plan. And Abram accepted it. He walked away. Rebecca. Rebecca went to, to, get, to gather some water one day at a well and came back engaged. You know, she didn't plan that. That was an interruption. She had to move over and, uh, across, you know, across another country and, and, uh, and, and marry really, really her cousin and marry her cousin. And, you know, and things turned out pretty well for her because she was in that lineage as well. You know, uh, then there's Noah. You know, Noah, he was getting old, man. He was ready to retire, bounce some grandkids on his knee, teach them how to hunt and fish. And God said, uh, need you to build a boat, Noah. 
big interruption, right? Or Nehemiah, uh, and, and um, we had just had a sermon on Nehemiah not too long ago. He had a cushy job. All he had to do is just test the king's food as long as nobody tried to poison the king. <laughs> you know, he had a great, great job. You know, he got to eat the king's food and everything. He had a great job. God said, no, uh, I want you to go rebuild the city. He had to go to, in the middle of all this uh, people that were with, with all these other ideas about what God should do and would do and, and how they just wanted to leave things alone. And, but he had this big interruption. He had to go fix it. And then you ever think about Jesus' 12 disciples? I know, I know several of them we know were professional fishermen. That's how they made their living, right? Uh, but we also know Matthew worked for the IRS, right? He was a tax collector, okay? He was a tax collector. He had a career, right? All these guys did. You ever think about that? I mean, they weren't just walking down, you know, they weren't some, you know, 16-year-olds, you know, that didn't have any plans for their life like I was when I was 16-year-old. These guys, they, they had a plan. They, they had been trained to do something. And so when, when Jesus said, follow me, it was an interruption for their life. And then there's uh, Moses, uh, you know, Moses, man, what a great story because Moses, he ended he quit. You know, he made a, he made a mess of something. He was raised in the palace. And then he, he got everybody in Egypt mad at him, and, and even the Jews in Egypt were mad at him because, because he was bringing some judgment against them because of something he had done. And, and so he left town. He, he was on the backside of the desert watching his father-in-law's sheep, and that was probably going to be his life for the rest of his life. But God interrupted that and said, I'm not going to leave you here. I'm not going to let you quit. I, I birthed you for a purpose. I called you for a purpose, and I'm not going to let you just quit. Thank God for that kind of interruption. Anybody ha ever had that kind of interruption? Thank God for that kind of interruption. Or Jonah, he's next, right? Jonah. You remember Jonah? You know, and what did God do for him? He interrupted his disobedience. He interrupted his disobedience. We call that grace. Thank God for grace that interrupts our disobedience. And, so, and God, when God says, I'm not going to let you walk that road. I'm not going to let you go there. I'm not going to let you destroy everything I've already put inside of you. And God, and God does this. I mean, he comes on the scene, and, and, and he interrupts us when we're going in the wrong direction. And then we have to do like Joseph and Mary. We've got to decide to embrace that interruption or to keep going our way. And then there's Jesus, too. I mean, everything about Jesus was an interruption. He was God. And he came from heaven to, to the earth. He was the creator who became an infant, right? And, and we don't know a lot about him in his early years beyond that until he becomes, you know, about 30 years of age. And, and then one of the very first things we find out about him is, is he goes to a wedding and in the middle of the wedding. He's just a guest at the wedding. But in the wedding, his mom comes to him and says, hey, you need to work a miracle for these people. You know, he was, he was interrupted. He was just a guest and he was interrupted right uh, then there, were, there were the, was the time that the parents brought their children so jesus could bless them another interruption and jesus just embraced that said, yeah bring the children i want them to the disciples were, oh no can't interrupt jesus but man he was all about that and he said come on and, and then there was the woman that had been sick for 12 years you remember her story she'd been sick for 12 years and she came and she interrupted jairus who was another interruption for jesus she interrupted the interruption, right? And then one day Jesus was walking through the streets of Nain, you know, uh, and, and there was a funeral going on. And think about the, how much interruption is going on here. Jesus is walking down the street, and he is interrupted so that he could interrupt this widow lady's bad interruption in her life. I mean, it was all about these interruptions. Judas interrupted Jesus the night before his death. Jesus was having his last Passover 
with, uh, with his disciples, and Judas interrupted by getting up and leaving and going and finishing his plot against Jesus. And then later that night, Judas interrupts Jesus' prayer time in the garden in Gethsemane. And then just a few days later, you know what happens, right? Jesus is crucified the next morning, and they lay him in the tomb, and all the disciples, are mourning, all of his followers are mourning. But on that Sunday morning, on that Easter morning, he, he interrupts their crying and their wailing and their mourning to come back to life and to, to prepare the way of resurrection and eternal life for me and you. And one day, one day, Jesus is going to say, enough is enough, and he's going to return again to take us back to be with him. And that's going to be another interruption. I mean, everything about Jesus is an interruption. So let's be more careful about what we say about interruption. I, I, I got to hurry. I, I'm not going to preach these, but let me, let me say this again, the next one for me, Kevin. When God interrupts, we always have a choice. We always have a choice. Don't feel like God is running just rough shot over you you have a choice and you have to say yes or no okay uh we can accept it or reject it like these people okay those were the examples of people who accepted god's interruptions these are some of the examples of people who rejected god's interruptions i don't have time to preach all them a little bit like i did those so i've given you links to their stories some of them just real like one or two verses or something if we go to the sermon notes just see these some of these you'll recognize but i bet some of them you don't and i'd love for you to go check those out cain y'all remember who cain was remember what he did yeah about eli and uh wait he was a high priest right so that's good no, yeah but you remember the story go read the story king saul he was the first king of Israel, but man of God from Judah, man, that's a crazy story. God's word calls him a man of God, but he loses his life because he rejects God's plan. Wow, what a crazy story. King Ahab, King Nebuchadnezzar, Pontius Pilate even. Remember him and what he did? Here's the question we get to ask ourselves. Which list do I want to be a part of? Do I want my name included with those by accepting, because really, really, I mean, isn't what we're talking about today just accepting that God has a plan for our life? Just that he has a plan, and we, we sometimes call all these things interruptions, and it's just God just steering us where he wants us. And we just have to accept that. Which list, I, I won't be named with those folks. I, 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 know, I, know, I know, I don't want to be named with them. I want to be named with them. None of them perfect. That's not what he calls us to. He just calls us to accept and be in relationship and not keep messing it up. Y'all ever, y'all ever heard this scripture, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven? Sound familiar? Twenty nine eleven. Sound familiar? Let me take you there again. We we've read this a lot over the years. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Okay. First of all. Let's get that last part, right? What are God's plans for you? All right, what are his plans for you? They're not bad. They're not evil. They're not to kill you. They're not to hurt you. They're not to empty your pockets. That's not God's plan for you. His plan for you is to give you a future. And oh, they are plans for good, okay? We know that. Then why in the world wouldn't we embrace that? Why in the world would we not embrace every single interruption that he sends our way? Because if he's sending an interruption, it must mean that I've gotten off course here and he's trying to get us around the place. Why would I not embrace all that? Because, listen, here's, here's a cool thing we need to see. I, I think sometimes 
you know, we kind of look at, we look at how God operates and we think, you know, we mess up and then God does this thing real quick, trying to spank us a little bit, get us back in line or whatever. Can I show you something in this verse right here? That word, they are, uh, the, for I know the plans, that word for plans right there. You know, when you translate stuff, you know, sometimes it's hard to go word to word, exactly word to word. So there's several ways that that can be translated. Here are th uh, four actual um, ways to translate that word. Plans, thoughts, schemes, designs. What's he saying? God's saying, I know the plans I have for you. He's saying, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. He says, I know the schemes that I am scheming about you. I love that. I love that my God is scheming. That sounds like a bad thing. That sounds like, that sounds like my enemy doing something, right? But I like that my God is scheming too. My enemy might be scheming, but God is scheming for me. And he says, I, I know the designs that I am designing for you. You know, here's, here's the truth. God didn't wake up in the middle of the night last night and say, mm, I just got an idea, something make your life better. But before you were born, since before you were born, God has been planning for you. He's been thinking about you. He's been scheming for you. He's been designing for you. Why in the world would I not want to embrace that in my life? Every interruption and everything that he sends my way, why would I not want to embrace that in my life? Let me give you some good news. Y'all like good news? Let me tell you three things. Wrap this up, okay? Some good news. If you're a Christian, you've already experienced the greatest interruption of all. It started back there in that first verse we read when, when uh, the but happened in Joseph and Mary's life. That was the beginning of this awesome interruption. And, and now if you're a Christian, you've experienced that in your life. Because what God's plan was for you, sin, sin interrupted that. And now you've accepted Jesus into your life so that Jesus could interrupt all that stuff that sin has been trying to do into your life, do in your life. And it, and it still tries and it still attempts, but you've already experienced that first one. So don't, don't, don't let go of it. And, and, and we referenced that this morning and I talked about that's what we're celebrating over here in this water is that somebody has had their life interrupted, that they were living that old life, but they were, they were dead and buried, and now they've raised back to life in Jesus Christ. That's a, that, that's a good thing. And this, that's kind of the second thing right here is, is about that, that God has the power to interrupt anything in your life. And, and listen, that, that's scary to some people. If you have not embraced God's will in your life, that's scary that God can interrupt anything in my life. Oh, no, I'm going to get everything rolling just right. God's going to interrupt it again. I mean, if, you're, if you haven't embraced what he's trying to do, yeah, that's scary. But if you've embraced, if you've accepted his plan in place of your plan, then this is a great thing. If you know, if you fully realize that everything he plans for you and he thinks for you and he schemes for you and he designs for you, if you know that it's all for your benefit, it's all for good and it's not for evil, that it's to give you a future, and I hope if you fully believe that, then that's some great news right there, that whatever's going on in your life, he has the power to interrupt it, that he can interrupt bullying, he can interrupt cancer, he can interrupt... Uh, uh, he can interrupt a divorce proceedings. God can interrupt whatever's going on in your life. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're going through. And, and, and this is really a sermon for Christians today, I, I believe. 
But I believe if there's somebody here that's not a Christian today, I, I think if you listen to what I'm saying, you may say, that sounds great to me, and you might want it as well. But I'm talking to Christians today, and I'm saying, you know, we've got this, but there are times that things come against us in our world, and if it has, then I want you to know whatever it is you're dealing with today, God has the power to interrupt that program of whatever is trying to destroy anything in your life today. That's great news. In Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39, I, I, I'm not going to give you, you got to go read it for yourself. I want you to, please, please, don't, this be the, don't let this be the only time you hear Scripture or read Scripture all week. I want you to go look at that with yourself. Link is in, in the notes along with those, all those others that I, I've given you, okay? But you, you know what it says? It says that there is no interruption that can interrupt God's love for you. It doesn't matter what you've done. And it doesn't matter what you will do tomorrow if you mess up. It will not interrupt God's love for you. His love is constant and it's unchanging. It will not interrupt it. His love for you. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.